Hey everyone, I'm Alexis Barber and welcome back to Too Smart For This, a show dedicated to knowing better and doing better for ourselves and others by questioning everything and getting inspired by the beautiful people around us. Today we have Sam, the creator of No Carbs For Sam, a health and wellness account sharing the realities of taking care of yourself and being a 20-something in New York City. Sam is the sweetest, most fun girl and we chat through having a healthy relationship with your body when it comes to weight loss, the realities of your post-grad jobs, and dating in New York City. If you like this episode, please make sure to like and subscribe, rate us on Apple podcast you can find both of our socials in the episode notes if the audio is a little wonky on this one i really apologize but i promise that the content that sam offers is absolutely incredible so please listen all the way through let's get into the episode hello queen and welcome i'm so excited to have you on the podcast um could you tell everyone a little bit about who you are where you're from and how you got and basically just who you are we'll start there yes thank you for having me you're honestly one of my favorite people that i've connected with on instagram so far and i'm not just saying that i'm not just blowing smoke up your ass like i feel like (laughs) we vibe really well because we're both super real but my name is sam um I run the Instagram account, No Carbs for Sam. I currently live in New York City and I'm from Long Island, New York. I am 27 years old, single. That's my bio. <laughs> 27 and single. I love that. I love that we brought that part into it. But I'm so glad. I love your account and I totally agree because I feel like we just don't take bullshit on the gram and everybody else is like doing too much, you know? I agree. I think a lot of people on Instagram take themselves way, way too seriously. Like it's sometimes out of control or like people who are like just very intense about it. And I'm like, I try to find the balance of like showing up consistently with like, out being super intense, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I feel like some people are just in this like la la land bubble that I just want to like pop and be like, hello, can you just like be real, be relatable for one second? For one second without being like fake relatable, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like there's an interesting balance that you have to toe, but I think like if it should be organic and natural and you shouldn't have to think about it too much. Totally. Cause when you're like on the Instagram and you're doing something that's like not you, it's just so obvious. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I'll record a story and if I'm just not feeling it, like I, I'll know, like I have a gut feeling where I'm like, this is just not me and not organic. And I'm doing this cause I feel like I have to put it out. Not because I want to put it out. Truly. But sometimes that also gets so scary because I don't know um, how, if you feel about this. I know you like recently hit 10k. Congratulations. Thanks. Um, but that feeling of like wanting to grow, but also like not always being in the mood to post, like how do you deal with that? That's definitely been me lately over the summer because I hang out at my parents' beach house. I'm just taking a step back and enjoying the beach, the weather, being outside. And then there's the side of me where I'm feeling guilty for not posting as much, not creating new recipes for my followers. And I'm like, I'm doing this Instagram for fun. This is for me. And I shouldn't have to do it if it's feeling taxing or I'm just not in the mood to post. But it's definitely difficult because I do struggle with that guilt. I'm sure you do too. No, totally. Because I always feel like, oh, like I am so like, I don't know, like I want to be normal, but I don't want to like take away from my regular life in the same way. And like some days I just wake up in the morning and I don't have like five hours to like focus on like doing something. Um, And I'd rather just like post one thing and go. And then I realize I haven't posted any stories all day and then I feel bad. But it's like, is anyone really watching? Like who really knows? 
I know exactly. Well, I'm watching. I love your stories, but it's it's hard when you're working a full time job and it's like, oh, you forget about Instagram for five hours or you forget about your job for an hour. It's definitely a tricky balance and I'm still navigating it. Yeah. Like which one do you exactly totally? It's like, especially because you have a full time job. I feel like people think that like we don't work sometimes. Like I did a and, like, and so many questions were like, is this your job? Is this your full-time job? I'm like, girl, I wish I could have this as my full-time job. I do not make nearly enough money to even buy a nice coffee every day from this account right now. Exactly. And it's like, um, I, I don't know. Like, I also wonder like if I would ever want it to be my full-time job because then I get nervous because then once you become big, I feel like people hate you on Instagram. I know. It's so tricky. And it's like, is it sustainable? Are you going to be able to do this yourself? You got to hustle and get the sponsorships yourself. And it's like, it's not a stable income. That's what's scary about doing it full-time. So scary. Like I finished last month um, and I felt like, oh my God, I made like, because I had my Nike deal and everything. I was like, I made so much money this month. And then I was like, well, next month I have no sponsorships. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What am I going to do? And then then it's on you to hustle. And when you're working a full-time job, what if you don't want to, you know? Exactly. I think I would love to do it full-time one day. Like the idea of just being your own boss, something about that is amazing. And like, no one's looking for you and being like, oh, where are you? No meetings or whatever. But it's definitely so scary. And I'm just nowhere near as close to that yet. So right now I'll take the stability of my biweekly paycheck and I'm thankful for that. Totally. So talk to me more about what your full-time job is. Like, what do you, where do you work? Um, I work at, it's not that interesting, but I work at a small digital media company called Digital Remedy. I'm basically an account manager working client services. So I manage, run, do everything for digital campaign, digital campaigns that run on ESPN.com. Yes, you did mention this in your um, in your Ask Me Anything, and I was like, oh my god, this is so fun. And but it is cool though. So where, how did you get started in this? And I know you mentioned having like a hard time falling into like your perfect job after school. Could you talk about what that was like? Yeah, definitely. I'm like Goldilocks. This was my this is my third job, and I believe it's like the perfect fit for me. Um, I'm actually going to be here two years in August, so Congrats. that's exciting. Thank you. My first job was out of college. I worked at iHeartRadio. I always wanted to be in the music in- industry. All my internships in college were at a record label. I interned for Spotify during the school year. I was like, I love music. This is what I want to do. This is it. So I went to iHeart and I was doing um, social media for their local radio stations like Z100, Power 105.1, Q1043. And it was a great experience. It was awesome to get my foot in the door. I got to work some really cool events, the iHeart Radio Music Festival, the Jingle Balls. I met a ton of celebrities. It was ve- it was really cool, but unfortunately, I was not making nearly enough money and I wanted to move into Manhattan at that point. I was still living at my parents in Long Island. And I think the point of where I had to leave was the money. I was not making enough. And that's when I went into my second job. I was a media planner and I hated every second of it. I was being, I just was not happy and I was getting awful. It's like, you know, when you have dreams about your job and you wake up worrying about your job. Yes. (laughs) So bad. That was me. And I was like, I can't go on like this anymore. Like it's really impacting my mental health. Um, I was literally going to quit without having another job lined up. That's how bad it was. And I ended up actually getting fired that next week. And it was the best thing that's ever happened to me. And yeah, now I'm at my third third and hopefully not final, but I'm at my third job. 
oh my god that's crazy and like honestly very refreshing to hear because I think there's like this idea in college and especially you felt this because you worked at like a dream company but then it wasn't everything that it promised to be you know Um, and like in college it's like once you graduate and have the full-time job it's supposed to be like magical and like sometimes it just isn't Exactly. And it takes you like a couple jobs to find your footing and what you really want to do. I had no idea what I wanted to do coming out of college. I just knew I wanted something cool and flashy. And that's what I did. And ultimately, it wasn't for me. Totally. And I'm glad to hear that you found a good spot for you, though, because you need to put your talent somewhere. Then what led you to start your Instagram account? Like, where did this come from? So there's a few different things. So it's like I've always had an on and off relationship with food. I've always been dieting. I've always been a Weight Watchers girl. And then there's the other concept where before I started the account, I was seeing a lot of things on Instagram about diet culture that were really triggering to me. And I'm sure you know plenty about it, The all the fad mm-hmm. diets that were going around. I mean, the F-factor diet, I'll say it. I don't really care. <laughs> yep, but, that one. Yeah, at that time, it was early pandemic before the pan actually no pre-pandemic going into early pandemic and most of the health Instagram accounts that I followed were following F Factor and other diets that just didn't seem sustainable. And I just couldn't look at skinny, rich girls creating content and showing them eating 800 calories a day. I was like, this, there has to be another way. Like, this is not realistic. I don't want to promote this. I, You could lose weight without eating like this. Like, it worked for totally. me on Weight Watchers. And I just wanted to show other girls that you could diet and be relatable. Which is what I was seeing was just girls eating grilled chicken, egg whites, vegetables, smoothies. And I've been on Weight Watchers and it worked for me. And I was like, I eat cheeseburgers. I eat, make my own bagels. I have pizza. You could eat all of that and still lose weight. I want to show people, especially young girls who are just so easily influenced by social media, that there is a healthier way to achieve the lifestyle that you want to achieve. Absolutely. And it's kind of like you, um, when people are so, I guess, starting out with like realizing that they have body image issues, which sort of like every woman does, especially like when you're in college, like when the first place you go is Instagram, sometimes it's really scary to think that you have to do all of those things like just eat like you said egg whites and chicken to like achieve what you want to look like but that's not a realistic lifestyle especially if you're young and in college and even more especially if you're just like a normal human being who doesn't want to deprive themselves of the joy of a cheeseburger you know yeah like eating is the best thing ever like why should we not enjoy it exactly and it becomes commodified and like taken over into this whole thing of like even like the mental toughness part of like, you're not like, I guess like smart if you don't diet, which is weird. Yeah. I hate that concept. So I saw so many of these diet Instagrams and I was just like, if they could do this, I could do it. And I wanted my account to just be like a safe space. I wanted to just be myself in like a hundred percent who I am. And I started the account and I was like, okay, no one will see this. I'll leave it public, but like, I'll be myself and it will be funny. And it'll be like, kind of like a Finstagram, like a fake Instagram. But I was still using like the Weight Watchers hashtags in hopes that like, maybe I would get some following. And I definitely put a lot of effort into it when it's, when I started out, I would just engage with a lot of other content creators in the Weight Watchers space. And from there, it kind of just turned into not a joke anymore. I love this story so much because it's like you kind of had no shame in doing it, you know, and that's where I think so many people who are interested in starting this 
get caught up, you know? I had no shame. And I kind of, it's still my mentality now that like, I don't really give a fuck. Like I'll just post what I want to post. And I think doing that, it's like, I, I'm posting what I would want to see on Instagram, you know? And I think that really resonated with people and it's been working well so far. No, totally. Cause it's like, um, and like you said, when you were in those moments, if you're like record a story and you don't feel like it's really you, then you stop. And that, I don't think a lot of people do that. I think a lot of people think like I have to be X, Y, Z. So I'm going to try and live up to what I believe a food influencer should be as opposed to like just being myself. So I love that you're posting like what you want to see. Thank you. And I know when I, like when I used to try to force it and post stories, I would get no engagement, no responses, not even like an emoji back. And I was like, (laughs) that's because I knew I shouldn't have posted it. I just said something because I felt forced to say something. And then when I'm more like inauthentically myself, that's when people react and engage with me. Truly. It's amazing. So then getting into like the food parts of this, like how did you, you said you've had an on and off relationship with food. Like where did that start for you and how did you find Weight Watchers? So I was always the chubby kid growing up. I was always the one with like a little extra baby fat on me. The one who like was the first in line at the barbecue. I still am. Nothing has changed. We love a barbecue. We love a good summer barbecue. But um, so I gained a lot of weight in college because who doesn't want to get eat cheesy bread at three in the morning every night. Like that's what I did. I enjoyed it. I definitely regret nothing. And then after college, I lost some of the weight, but still had definitely was a little overweight for my height. I'm five one. I'm pretty short. And then I was just happy though. I was happy and I was enjoying myself. And then I ended up breaking up with a boyfriend in 2018. And literally that day, I remember I went to lunch with my dad. I had a lobster roll and I was like, this is my last hurrah. Like after this, I'm starting Weight Watchers. I'm focusing on the program. Like right now I need to heal myself and focus on myself and do what's best for me. And I'm going to follow the program to a T. I always followed it loosely before. I was familiar with the point system, but like now I was paying for the app. Like I was going full on in it. And I just love the program so much because you obviously get a certain amount of points a day, but you have the freedom to eat whatever you want in those points. You could have like something light for breakfast and then save your points for dinner, or you could have three balanced meals a day and have leftover points for alcohol. I just thought there was so much freedom and I just don't think diet should be restrictive because for me that would lead to binging and even worse habits down the road. So I just felt like it was a good program for me. No, it totally is. And I feel like that type of freedom as a a part of it is is really helpful. So what happened after you followed it to a T for a while? So after the breakup, I was really anxious. And that was just being alone for the first time in a few years. Just a lot of change. I was moving into a new apartment in the city for the first time. There was a lot of change going on. So I was really anxious and like, wasn't eating but still following the diet it was just like you know when you get so anxious you can't really stomach food that was me wow and then I lost a lot of weight really quickly and I was like that isn't good that isn't healthy I need to just like plan my meals and like eat within my points so that kind of helped me get back to a stabilization period which I think I needed that structure because I just felt so lost at that time and I just felt having comfort in a routine eating schedule I really love that because it's like you, instead of like letting something 
control you and like break you down you sort of took control yourself and like noticed in your own experience like how to manage your emotions like despite it being like of course an incredibly difficult and sad time you were like this isn't sort of gonna break me I'm gonna like stay myself and I think you do that a lot like you have a very good sense of self and like who you are like where do you think that came from thank you um I don't know. I think my parents were definitely a good influence of that. They were always telling me, like, if I was doing fucking up, like, they would always be honest with me. And they'd always say, like, I'm going to tell you how it is. And I think that just, like, instilled on me and kind of made me pretty self-aware, which I think is (laughs) humble brag of something a lot of people on Instagram don't have. And I think being self-aware is one of the most important things you can do if you're a content creator, because you subject yourself to so many different people. And like, you don't know who's looking at your stuff. So it's always just in the back of your mind, a good idea to always be conscious. I don't know, that kind of just faded away from the question, but I feel like it ties back into it. It does, because I think like being, I feel like I've always been like hyper aware, if not self aware, just because, you know, like, I wasn't the chubby kid growing up, but I was the the person who was like, just, I don't know, I was ugly as fuck for a long time. So like, (laughs) gorgeous. Yes, but I wasn't until like ninth grade, like I had a full mustache, didn't know how to do my hair. Like it was this whole disaster, honestly. So I always was like hyper aware of like making sure that I was like, in uh, some other way able to fit in. And I think that always like helped. And my mom was a similar way. She's always like telling people like, it's STL Super Mom on Instagram. She's crazy. I oh she follows me. Your mom's oh, a No, she stays swiping up on people's stories. Like I'm like, mom, like these are my Instagram friends. But <laughs> she is um but I think it's like that ability to be self aware is something that's very much lacking in the influencer industry and it just feels yep. very salesy, you know? Yeah, very salesy. I haven't really dived into SponCon, sponsored content that much. I know you have. Um, Mm -hmm. Hopefully I'll get into it a little bit more, but I definitely have to navigate the approach where it just seems natural. Like your content with Nike, like your campaign just seemed like so natural and it just seemed like not forced and something you were actually interested in. I would only want to do that and promote brands that I was passionate about and I actually used and worked with. Absolutely. I think that's that you were like the perfect person though for that type of thing. Like, um, especially with Instagram. I'm so happy you're getting into TikTok because I, I want to see more vlogs. Yo, that shit is hard. No, Why it is it really so is. hard? It's Why does it so take me hard. 20 minutes to edit one video? It's out of control. Like I started it in December, I guess. And those first few months, like I don't know what I was putting out. Like, it's so difficult <laughs> to get done. And, like, TikTok gets me. I just feel like TikTok changes, like, every other day, too. And it's very difficult to keep up. I know. And you're so good at it. So I watch a lot of your vlogs and, like, kind of try to piece mine together like that. And then I end up starting to do a day in the life. And I forget to film halfway. And I'm like, oh, shit. Same. I just missed five hours of my day. No, same. I do that all the time. But um, you should download the app CapCut. Um, it's made by ByteDance, like, who owns TikTok. And it's okay. so much easier to edit in there. You can like oh. add in, like I add in like, um, like if I'm doing a recipe, I just like put my phone on the counter and film for 10 minutes, right? You can add it into CapCut and immediately just like cut all those things out. It takes me like five minutes. It's so much better. Okay. That's genius. Thank you. I'm writing that down. See, I need people like you to like help me navigate through this oh because it's so unknown. It's such an unfamiliar territory. It's so unfamiliar. And all of it is honestly. And I feel like this like era of 
curated popular influencers is gone but in the same way there's like a new need to you still have to be curate something you know exactly it's a lot it's a lot but either way I am also curious in that sort of same vein like what is your favorite part of like having a following on Instagram and your least favorite part Hmm. Okay. Well, I'll start with my least favorite part because sometimes I feel like it's really hard not to compare yourself to other people and see what other people are doing. And sometimes I get stressed out. Like Amazon Prime Day for a perfect example. All the influencers were hustling, putting those swipe ups up, linking to their store. Oh my God. Hustling. And I just like, I didn't have 10K at that point. I didn't have a swipe up. I do, do have an Amazon store, but I just will was got so stressed about it. And I was like, looking at everyone else and seeing how hard they were working. I was like, wow, I should be doing that. And then that's when I take a step step back and say, no, I don't want to force it. If I really don't want to do this, I don't have to do it. But then it's hard not to feel bad about yourself too. Like you see people working out, you see people eating healthy and it's like, oh, I should be doing this. Then one of my main things that I preach is that everybody's different and no one cares what you're doing. Everyone's too busy focusing on yourself. And when I find myself thinking that way I'm like I need to take a step back everyone's different I'm my own person I could work out tomorrow I could eat clean tomorrow tomorrow's always a new day and I just found find that it's definitely hard not to compare yourself to others so that's what I'd say my least favorite part is totally agree with you on that it's very hard because um it's like also when you feel like you compare yourself to other people who are like the same size as you and it always makes me so frustrated just like straight up not having 10k makes me so uncomfortable and sad and frustrated and I'm like why am I not like this but at the same time I'm like wait there's somebody who's at like like I know when I was at 5k all I wanted was to get to six and then to mm-hmm. seven and then to eight so it's like there's someone comparing themselves to me right now too and so that sometimes helps but like I wonder when it will ever go away you know like that feeling of like insecurity on the gram Yeah, I feel like it will never go away. It's just up to us to care less. And the followers was definitely something that was frustrating for me. And I'm in the back of my mind. I'm like, nobody cares how many followers you have except for yourself. So true. So I was just being so hard on myself with it and just trying to grow as much as possible. And it's just when you see other people posting who have what you said, like the same kind of following engagement as you and you say oh they got so many likes on this they got so many comments on this like look at their engagement look how many saves they get and it's just like you'll never really understand the Instagram algorithm so why am I stressing so much about it no truly okay so let's be positive since we are not caring anymore what's your favorite part of being a little micro influencer or big we're big actually now we're we're on the road to big you're a big TikTok are so who cares that you don't have 10k and you'll get there we'll we'll get there yes but my favorite part definitely has to be like the community I never realized how much how many amazing people I could virtually meet and interact with I feel like I have like 30 new best friends on here and then influencers aside just the support I get from my followers is so nice and uplifting and it's so refreshing to hear that people have the same thoughts as you like if I'm posting one day that I'm feeling insecure about my body and I'm having a rough day and I don't want to look in the mirror there will always be someone who could relate to that and if I know that I'm just helping one person that's enough for me I feel like it's definitely 
hard to expose yourself and be vulnerable, but you, I have to remember that I'm going to help someone by sharing my insecurities because odds are someone is feeling the exact same way as I am. So I think just like how rewarding it is and interacting with so many awesome people is my favorite part. It is. And it's like, it's actually mind blowing to me. Like, I don't know about you, but I get so many DMs um, when I'm having like sort of those low points and I'm like, this is wild that there are this many other people out there that like are genuinely like care about me in a way, which is crazy, but also that are also understanding like what I'm going through. And in a way, just like knowing there's other people is sometimes all it takes to like get you through that bad day. Exactly. It just makes you feel like you're not alone. Like it makes me feel less alone. Even on my loneliest days where I'm being a little hermit introvert and not texting my friends back or not wanting to make a plan and I'll just talk about feeling anxious or something there's always someone who is also feeling the same way and by us saying it and exposing ourselves we're we're making them feel better so it's just rewarding in that sense to know that like me just putting a story and being like oh I'm so anxious I can't breathe is is relatable to someone else Absolutely. And like you said, I think I I never thought about it that way. Like us like sharing it is like making other people feel better too. And that's really what matters. That's I guess a superpower of of happiness. But like I love seeing your morning mantras like first thing when I wake up, like don't worry about this, like don't sweat the small stuff. Like seeing that and I'm like, okay, like I'm gonna get my day started and I'm gonna listen to Alexis and like Yes. And it's funny because I post literally whatever I need to hear that day. Like I do the same thing. You post it for yourself. And I'm like, someone else will relate to this too, I'm sure. Exactly. It's so crazy. Um, I also want to get into, I know you mentioned in the beginning that like you're single, you've gone through a crazy breakup. Like I know a lot of people want to know what it's like to date in the city and like how you navigate it. And I know you've shared a little bit about this too. Like what, how has it been for you? And like, what are your tips for people who are anxious? (laughs) my favorite and least favorite topic. (laughs) So after I became single in 2018, that was my first time being single in like three to four years. So I was really just enjoying being alone. So I didn't really go on dating apps for a few months. Like something about having independence and not having to answer to someone and just doing what I wanted to do was so rewarding. So I got, I was having fun, don't get me wrong, but I was being lazy with my, with the dating apps and I just (laughs) had no motivation. Then I signed up and I was like, okay, like this is fun. Like let's swipe through and like see what, see what's good. And I remember I went on like two app dates and they were terrible. Absolutely terrible. Just like awful dates. And I think that turned me off for another few months. So I, it's kind of my fault because I'm very lazy with the dating apps. You've never been on apps, right? No, my boyfriend and I met freshman year of college. Lucky girl. That's the way to do it though. Yeah, Um, it's great, but it's also crazy at the same time. But Wait, so is the apps like something that where you, like you said, you were lazy with them? Like, did you feel like left out at that point or were you just like not really looking for anything? I just wasn't looking for anything. And then I eventually did join, went on a few terrible dates. And I feel like that kind of just like turned me off of them. But I, my, all my friends were telling me like, you need to go on a few bad dates to have a good date, all that stuff. So I was like, okay, I'll give it more of a chance. And then my friends would ask me for updates. And I'll be like, to be honest, I haven't opened the app in like two weeks. And they're like, Sam, like, you come on, you got to like, 
put effort in to get effort out. Mm -hmm. And then kind of the pandemic came. So it was another excuse for me to be lazy and antisocial. And I just didn't mind, still don't mind being single. Like I'm a pretty big introvert. I love to be alone. I love having my independence. I do obviously would like to meet someone and think it would be nice to have somebody, but it's just hard for me. And then after the pandemic, I was like, okay, I moved back into the city. I need to get my shit together. I need to start going on dates. And I was just getting horrible anxiety. Like the whole day leading up to the date, I wouldn't be able to eat. I'd be going to the bathroom like every hour, you oh know, like God. hands were shaking. It was just like not me. And then I'm like, wow. if I could expose myself on Instagram in front of so many people, why am I getting so nervous to go on a first date, you know? That's crazy because it's like you are an incredible person and like you don't and like that's the thing is you don't have to like you said you have a great sense of self and I think that you don't need to put I don't know it's the type of thing where I don't think you need to try that hard and like if you don't want it to happen like it'll fall on your lap you know and I think you know that intuitively which is why you're not like actively going after it because I just think the apps add so much pressure so much pressure and then like you start feeling bad about yourself like you'll message someone and they won't answer you or you'll be like oh someone messaged me he's cute you exchange a few messages they never follow up and ask for a date and then they're like you're racking your brain saying what did I do wrong but Mm. you I can't think of it like that anymore like I'm done with that mindset it's not what did I do wrong because I'm just being myself and that's what dating should be it should be organic it's if they don't want to answer me it's on them if they want to ghost me it's on them went on a good date and I thought it went well. He referenced hanging out again, which I thought was, okay, green flag. Like maybe I'll go out with him again. Never heard from him again. That's absurd. And I was talking to some girlfriends about this, about how basically like the reason it's so hard to date in New York is because men have all of the power because like they are not on any timeline. They have like complete sort of like control because it's like if they, it's about, it's on them to respond, you know, and they, but like, they don't want to get married until they're like fucking 40 years old. Yeah. Like it's called, I feel like they have the boys in New York have Peter Pan syndrome. Like they, <laughs> they'll be on the apps. They want to go on dates. They don't want to grow up. They don't want to commit. And fine. Like if you're not going to commit to me, then I don't want you. I want someone who's mature, who's respectful, who's going to make me laugh, who's going to treat me like a fucking queen, you know? And like, if I have to kiss a few frogs before I get that, then so be it. Perfect. And honestly, you will. I have no doubts that you're going to have such a fabulous life. But Um, yeah, it is nerve wracking. And if other people are anxious, like you're not alone. It's the scariest thing. Just meeting someone for the first time off an app, it's not organic. It's really forced. So you have like all that back and forth small talk at first and you meet for the date and you have more small talk. It's very like, what's your favorite color? What's your favorite food? Like very... Just like Q&A like that, I find. Oh my God, not the favorite color. (laughs) Okay, it's tough. It's tough. But like you said, being anxious is completely normal. It's just weird, of course, to like meet someone virtually and then meet them in person, like no matter what, it's off. So. so weird. And then during the pandemic, this is so unlike me. I can't believe I agreed to it. I had a FaceTime date with someone, okay? Like, I was so nervous. Like, I was putting on makeup for this, but wearing, like, a sweatshirt because it was quarantine for this FaceTime date. And it was just – I put so much pressure on myself. And then, surprise, surprise, I didn't end up hearing from him, but from him. But I didn't care because I wasn't into it. But 
my new mindset with dating, and hopefully this helps somebody else, is that I have to worry less about if they like me and more about if I like them. This is a game changer. Look mm-hmm. at this. You've got to center yourself in all your decisions because it's your life. We love that. Okay. Now that's a quote. It's going up. Oh, okay. Look at me. Like yeah. I was putting so much pressure on myself to quote unquote perform. And I'm like, for who? Like I need to just like worry about if I like them and now I go into dates like I'm meeting a new friend. Like I'm not putting all the pressure on myself. I'm not going to be like, oh my God, will this be my husband? Will this be my boyfriend? I'm going into it as I'm meeting a new friend. And if it works out and we become more than friends, great. And if not, whatever. It is what it is. Yes. The art of letting go is very hard to master, but it seems like you are on that path, which is wonderful. I'm trying. She's trying. We love to see it. Trying. Okay, so I usually like to end my episodes with a few questions that I ask everybody. So two are regular and one is rapid fire. So I will start with what is one resource that's helped you exponentially in the last year? It could be a book. It could be a podcast. It could be a favorite TV show, whatever it is. Hmm. Well, I'm definitely going to say – this is a two-part answer – reality television is my favorite thing because it just like turns my brain off and after a long day at work like there's nothing more than I like than putting down my phone and diving into a reality show and especially during the pandemic I think watching other people's lives kind of like go to shit made me feel better about what was going on agreed but the second answer and I guess this really is actual resource was going back into therapy and talking to a therapist again I think that I was in therapy in the past and I took a lot of time off and I think it's just so important to talk to someone about your feelings and just feel someone you're comfortable with and I'm really grateful that I'm starting therapy again because I think it's just beneficial and it will help anybody. So that's definitely a resource that is helping me. That's amazing. Um, I totally agree with on the therapy part and the reality TV because I like having real um, New York City and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills on at the same time is like actually the best thing ever. Anyway, oh, it's instant serotonin booster. Instant. But going to therapy is so crucial. If you can do it, definitely do it. And if not, I guess you have to journal, journal it out or something. Yeah, journal it out. Yeah, yeah. it's expensive, which is really shitty. But I, you can't put a price on mental health. And if I'm able to afford True. it, then I'm going to spend the money. Totally agree. Okay, so now I have some rapid fire questions for you. All right, let's go. Um, so we'll start with appetizers or dessert. Oh, appetizer, 100%. 100%. Okay. Instagram or TikTok? Oh, that's hard. I guess I have to go with Instagram, but I love TikTok. I go on it for hours. It's the best. That algorithm is gold. Um, favorite TV show of all time? Survivor. I know. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so predictable. <laughs> I love it. Um, you just have a great brand. Um, do you have a favorite podcast? To be honest with you, I don't listen to podcasts. I am more of like a visual girl. I'm I'm a reader and I don't really have the patience to just like listen, you know? Do you have a fave book then? Or current oh. read, currently reading? Currently reading. I'm currently reading Ellen Hildebrand's new book, Golden Girl. She's the queen of summer beach reads. So if you need to get lost in a novel, she's your girl. 
I need to. I, my issue is that I feel like if I'm reading a, a fiction, and this is complete like psychopath productivity, like whore person, I feel like if I'm reading fiction, then I'm like not doing something. But then this winter, I started reading a few fiction novels, and it was amazing. It really took me back because I was like a reader nerd growing up. So I need to do that. It's the best. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna read that. I'm adding it to the Amazon cart. Um, okay, most important self care practice. Exercise. Queen of theory fitness. Yes, I'm an OTF girl. But even just like a walk and just moving my body, that just helps my anxiety so much. I honestly do it more for my mental health and physical health at this point. I totally agree. I always, after I stopped putting pressure on myself to like go to a tough workout class like seven days a week, Mm -hmm. I started noticing that like my, if I don't go on a walk, like I'm going to kill somebody, like (laughs) out of control. So I'm seriously. Okay. So the last question I like to end every interview with is finish the sentence with something you want young people to know. You're too smart for. Hmm. I love that. Um, you're too smart to worry so much about what everybody thinks about you. I guarantee you, I said this before, everyone is selfish and everyone is too busy worrying about themselves to notice what you're doing and to criticize every little thing. So I promise you, nobody's watching you as close as you think. I love that. You're a star. Where can everyone find you? And I'm smiling so hard because I love I'm smiling too. I've been smiling the whole time. Yes, it's been great. Okay. So you're no carbs for Sam on Insta, correct? Yes, Insta and TikTok. I'm really going to try to up my TikTok presence. Like I'm going to try to put an effort in. I'm going to try to be like a lot of this. Yes. Well, I've got all the tips for you. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. Thank you so much for listening to the Too Smart for This podcast. Be sure to leave a review if you liked it. It takes two seconds. And follow the show on Instagram at Too Smart for This Pod. Check back every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes. And make sure to follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Alexis Barber for more content about lifestyle, health, and career. And don't forget, you're too smart to not love yourself. <laughs>